Welcome back, all. It is Wednesday. Yes, it is Wednesday, January the 19th, 2000. Yes, sir. It is the return of the Walkway to Fight Club. Yes, the two-man band is back, bigger, better, stronger than ever. I am Stephen Milhausen from The Zone, the handsomest man in all the land. The Jerry, can I call it a Jerry Curl? I don't think it's Jerry Curl. I don't have a lot of spray on there. Do you put anything in the hair? No, this is natural right now. But sometimes I use a cream, but it's like cream. It's just lotion. Yeah, no, it's more like it enhances the curls. It makes them look better. Sexiness. Yeah. Handsomest man in all the land. He's engaged, ladies. He's off the block. He's gonna, he's putting a he put a finally put a motherfucking ring on it. Handsomest man in all the land, deep Y, Daryl Rivera. And you're engaged. I am engaged. Getting married. Your life is about to end. Man, I just realized it's been that long since we've done a show. Like I've been engaged. All of this stuff has happened. COVID has had like two, three new strains. They're dropping more Fuck. and more every day. Fuck I'm tired of it. Same. I'm just they keep they keep announcing it as if like it's a new rap album. It's like, oh, they're collaborating now. Like flu and corona. Flurona. Like, I'm like, come on. Like every time, because I watch the 10, I usually watch because it's 10 01 p.m. Central Time. And I watch I watch the nine o'clock news on WGN. And I like as soon as that new that buffer comes, I'm like, if Lynn's home, I'm like, it's going off. Turn this off. <laughs> I'm tired of the news. All this still is COVID nineteen. Like, why? I'm done. Yep. But now people are seeing the light. They're starting to realize, hey, this thing's gonna be. Not, I'm not saying it's gonna end because the flu. You people still get the flu. No. And I'm not saying. I'm not trying to say. Hey, don't wear masks. And I get it. But let's the charade in that aspect. I think is gonna be ending very soon. Because I got a five-year-old who tells me every day he is tired of wearing masks <laughs> in school. Oof. Makes it abundantly clear to me when we're walking, I do not want to put this on. I'm like, and I don't want to put it on. But COVID-19 seems like we're near the end. Nearing the end of Omnicron, Americron. What's going to be next? Deltacron? Optimus Prime or something like Decepticon. Opti- Autobot. Go ahead. I don't know, like a transform. It's starting to sound like a transformer at this point. <laughs> Want to thank everyone who li- <laughs> who listened to the Diamond Dallas Page interview. And good lord, DDP, the interview I think was about forty-five minutes, and I think I got in like six questions, seven questions, maybe. DDP has a lot to say, man. And you know what? More power to him. I love Dallas. Dallas is great. He texted me, bro, the interview was great. So then he texted me. Now, mind you, I released this article for DAZN last week. He just finally liked it on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I am in the carpool line at my son's school. And he liked it. And I'm like, okay, the retweet's coming. The retweet never came. 
And so I texted him. I'm like, dude, where's the retweet? Bro, I swear I had my social media guy retweet that. I'm like, I'll share the screen, my screen with you. Bro, I'm going to get on right now, bro. I'm heading back to the crib, bro. It's like I felt like I was talking to Vince Russo. <laughs> but no, yeah. he's like, the podcast was great, man. He's like, we got to do that again. So I'm like, absolutely, man. I'm like, but no, DDP was great. A lot of cool stuff coming up that we will, I will announce at the end of the podcast. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up and some cool interviews. And even Daryl does not know about that. I was able to procure. But um, thank you to all the fans in Germany. We're a hundred. We're ranked 158th, Daryl, in Germany. Germany. Oh, we're huge in the motherland. We are huge in Germany. Hey, man, that's not my motherland. My motherland is a little more to the east. (laughs) Spain. (laughs) I missed you. I really did. I miss you more. I missed you a lot. I miss these. I miss your good sense of humor. But thank, but the Deutschland, thank you so much for downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing. It is greatly appreciated. A lot of cool stuff coming up. Don't forget, we're on every podcast platform. We're not going to name them all. There is like way too many for our own good. And got a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash walkway to fight club, Instagram, walkway to fight club, all in lowercase letters. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash walkway to fight club. And we have a Twitter at walkway fight, which we're going to start pumping out. We're going to start pumping it out this week. We got a lot of cool shit. So I want to, we're going to get that out, but we're going to talk a little AEW dynamite. We're going to talk a little Ali. We're going to talk a little UFC. UFC 270 is on Saturday. But the big thing coming out of tonight was the return of the former AEW World WWE Champion. The one and only is the dapper Justin Roberts. Says, yeah! Oh, come on. No, that was sexy. I probably, I, just, I, woke up. I probably just woke up my kids, but that's okay. I right think there. you not only woke up your kids, my eardrums are ringing right now. Now my, <laughs> now my chest hurts. Man, <laughs> only the great Justin Roberts can do that. But no, it was the return of Mox. AEW put it out yesterday. I was wondering why they waited so long, considering GCW announced this, it. Announced he was wrestling coming up on Saturday. The world of GCW and catch that on Fight TV via streaming and traditional pay-per-view sold out the Hammerstein ballroom sold because of it out Hammerstein ballroom headlined by the GCW world heavyweight champion, the one and only John Moxley against homicide. You're going to be hearing about GCW is going to be a lot in your future. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear a lot about it in the next couple days. So doing a lot but, of great stuff there. A lot of, absolutely. They're absolutely fantastic. And, but the show began with Mox. And I thought that was, I thought that was the right way to start. I don't think you could have went you could have went one of two ways and I get I want to get your views on this I, I had a conversation with Tony Khan about this a few weeks ago about booking mm-hmm. and why you put certain things in different spots I thought this spot was perfect because I'm like okay then you'll close with uh, Punk and Spears which I'm thinking okay that would make sense and we'll get to that in a minute, but 
Did you like them opening with Mox or were you like, maybe we should save that to the end of the show and maybe do the mixed tag to open or you can do Punk Spears first? Or were you a fan of, was this the right spot to do this? It was definitely the right spot. And the main reason is because everybody knew what the situation was. Everybody wanted to see him back. And that's how you draw the top of the like the top of the hour ratings to the top. And this was exactly what it needed to be with Mox. He opened the show. He can talk for as long as he wants. It's kind of like this, the whole CM Punk return thing. You want to give him as much time without limitations. If you put him on last, you have this much time. Don't go over because we're going to cut you off. Mox is one of those talents that you give him a mic. You say, here, go as long as you want. Because he can tell you a story and he can sell it. And you know what? There was no, in my opinion, there was no wrong way of doing it. Because again, you knew the situation. You had to give Mox here, do what you want. Do as much time as you want. And go from there. Also, extra points for literally the first words coming out of him is telling a heckler to go fuck himself. <laughs> And I, I forgot to text you back on head. I, cause I was like, so like, I was trying to get kids to bed and like, so I'm like watching, getting two wild freaking lunatics in bed. And I got John Moxley cussing on the TV. My five-year-old's like, daddy, he swore he's got to put money in the jar. And I'm like, buddy, I'm like, he's like, you know him, right? I'm like, but I don't have his number, buddy. I'm like, I'm sorry. S-S-S-S- he's like, you need to tell his boss. I'm like, well, I do know his boss. I'm friendly with him, so sure. Why not? But no, the promo, like you said, the promo, it was a good spot. The promo was perfect. Addressing, and I like the fact the fans knew. The people watching knew what was wrong. I like how he didn't full bore say it, but he went and addressed everything that surrounded what led him taking his break and i thought that was all then you could feel the emotion it was 100 percent real it was genuine and you know him well and i've talked to him a few times and he's honest to a fault whether that's a blessing or it's a curse for journalists it's a curse maybe for other people it's not but he's honest and i can always appreciate that and you could i could feel i felt the promo yeah. And me and you, and I told, and I texted you, I'm like, hey, that promo was fucking aces, man. And and he he's ready to roll. 2022, he's going to be his year, and it is going to be here. I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of good things in 2022 from John Moxley. He looked good. Yeah. You tell he lost some weight. Looks nice and skinny in the face. Looked good. You could tell he looked more tony because he was pretty cut. He was freaking poor, like freaking looked like he was looking like scott steiner for a few minutes there <laughs> big <laughs> but, pop a pump but mox looks good and mox returns to the ring not a gcw but on rampage a live edition of rampage coming up on friday he will be facing ethan page so get first match back on friday in two days so i'm a little surprised by that but i'm not because you i like the fact he's wrestling on rampage drive that rating up and it's live. Yep. It's live. 
So I'm very intrigued to see what WWE is going to do too. Cause you, it's a large, it's a big, dyna, big rampage. We'll get into more of that in a minute, but Moxley's back. He's, he's coming to kick some ass. He's coming to take some names and first person on the list is Ethan page. And that's a good first person to have too. Ethan page can, he can go, man. I think he's one of the most underutilized talent in AW. I think they need to use him more because he's money. He's oh. a good promo. He's a good worker. He's got the look. He's going to be a world champion one day, and they just need to strap the rocket to him and let him fly. His, you ever watch his vlogs? Uh, I, I would be lying if I told you that I did. You need to watch him. Vlogs. I need to start watching like even Sammy Guevara's blogs, I never seen them. They're great. Yeah, I do a lot of. Not too much. I'm in bed, probably on my phone like way too much. Actually, I am on my phone way too much. It kind of goes with the territory. Yeah, it's part of the job, man. Because see, I gotta have like unfortunately two of those, which I'm not the world's biggest fan of. But that's a, that's a slight that's a slight flex right there. It's like I got two phones, man. It's a flex I don't like having. I, don't, I got two <laughs> computers too. I can show you. I got one. And they gave me an iPad and all this other. I will say the zone took care. Hey, welcome to the real universe, finally. I got three. I got one for work too over there for my day job. As I always say, it's not my money. No. This one is my money. (laughs) When I flex it, I'm like, only one of these is my money. Only one is my money. The other one, it's a nice, it's the newest iPhone too. No, it's the 12 because they're on 13 now, right? I have no idea. I'm still on 10. This one's a 10 and it's cracked. And so it may be Bon Voyage of that phone very soon. But went to commercial, came right out, first match. Adam Cole, Britt Baker, beat Orange Cassidy and Chris Stantlander. I thought a good match. Crowd was into it. I thought the interactions with Baker and Cassidy were good. I thought the ending was scared me a little bit because you had Cassidy totally hit the rope when he was trying to do the tope and Cole wanted to throw the super kick. Thankfully, he was okay. You had uh, Panama Sunrise from Baker to Statlander onto the what do you want to go, the ring the entranceway. Mm-hmm. Baker goes through it. That, so the ending I thought was well done because Baker was on the apron. Cole went, Cole went to go hit Cassidy from behind. Cassidy moved. Wait, yeah, Cassidy. Wait, no, wait, hold on. Cassidy bumped into Baker. Cassidy Baker bumped into table. Baker. She went through the table. Cole got pissed off. Adam Cole delivers like the best low blow in the business. Yes. Puts all his might into that low blow. Cassie to two knees, hits the boom shot. Winners, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. And Adam Cole challenges Orange Cassidy to a lights out match next week on Beach Break. Wow. Orange Cassidy in a lights out match. I don't know about this. Yeah, but then Orange Cat, I didn't picture when he first started out that Orange Cassidy would be where he is now. No, I agree. Like, he, he why not prove me wrong too and lights out match? Let's see did, it. Did I tell you my Orange Cassidy story? That you got gimmicked? I did. 
I, you did tell me, but you got to tell the viewers. Fucking gimmicked my is this was the before the first before the first all out. They had a star cast, and Orange Cassidy was doing a media session, and one of the the PR guy running Starcast is like, hey, he's like, we're doing a media session with Cassidy. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, he forewarned me. I had never experienced a media session with Orange Cassidy. I've only seen him in the ring. I knew the gimmick in the ring. And he's like, just, just warning. I'm like, all right. I asked him a serious question and he stonewalled me, looked at me like, didn't say a word. Asked another question. Stonewalled. I go, what is your favorite orange juice? Just to try to break the ice. Freshly squeezed. (laughs) I wanted to write a feature on this guy. That was like my, was kind of like the whole James Dean, the James Dean of pro wrestling. It was kind of like the angle I was going to go. Got no. I didn't even write it. I like you should. You should not just send the Q and A. Just dot 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 dot. Freshly squeezed. Done. <laughs> it was fucked up. But the, from there to here, quite the rise. Him and Cole next week. I think that's a. I think it's a really good match. Then what I thought was shocking: CM Punk and Sean Spears. No, they had an interview. Inner Circle, Jericho and Santana and Ortiz. Bad he besmirched that Chris Jericho, the name of Eddie Kingston. Pissing off Santana and Ortiz. Wondering, A, you don't make fun of, you don't diss Eddie Kingston. And have you held us down of why we've not become the AEW World Tag Team Champions? So blaming the great Chris Jericho. Who Diamond Dallas Page, by the way, said on the podcast, which you can find in the archives, is the most over guy right now in pro wrestling. But Jericho was thinking about it. He was wondering, are Santana and Ortiz right? They got six-man tag coming up next week on Dynamite. Jericho and Santana and Ortiz against Daniel Garcia in 2.0. And just say 2.0 was horse crap in NXT. Look at all this love 2.0 is getting right now. I mean, they're a good talent. They're, they're segments. I will say this. Vlogs, being the elite, it's one of the few ones that I catch an episode here and there. The stuff that they're doing there is hilarious. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. How they got a good guys, mind. How can guys, and this is not a knock on 2.0, how does AEW see something in them and WWE saw nothing. Because the difference is there. Um, you see, you've heard a lot of wrestlers explain the creative process between the two companies. One, you give your opinion on what you want to do. You show your personality. Um, I think who I think it was John Silver who in an interview said it best. He's like, I didn't show my personality because I wanted them to take me as like a serious like top guy where I don't want to be too goofy. Tony Khan yelled at him. He's like, where's all this personality? You have it in be, being the elite. Why don't you have it on the on TV? And he had Brody Lee delivered the message. And he's like, well, we want more personality out of you. And now he's one of the most over guys in the roster. 
a silver screen. Yeah, that's the difference right there. They want you to show personality here, whereas in the WWE, here's your script. Read it over there. Good luck. Make it your own. Sometimes it works. Depends on the guy. But creative freedom is a thing in AEW. And that leads to success, but it also leads into them getting themselves into trouble sometimes. It's a double-edged sword. You are 110% correct. You're not wrong there. And then they go to CM Punk and Sean Spears, that nasty, bastardly Maxwell Jacob Friedman. MJF is on commentary. Biggest heel in the business. It, oh, there's no question. There, there, there's MJF, and then there's... Shh. It goes pretty far down. Yeah. The, the gap between him and Roman Reigns in terms of being a heel is the gap is pretty wide, at least in my mind. Because Roman is still a, a heel that everybody's like, that's a cool heel. MJF, everybody wants to punch him in the mouth. Because he does. The, they're the one. They're the one. And the so I love the storytelling that they're doing with Wardlow. I love every second of oh, it. Oh, we forgot about that. Let's get into that real quick before we go into the match. That was a promo. He's like, I, because it's your birthday. I apologize. <laughs> However, <laughs> you're not getting paid. It's like you're, you're getting your pay deducted for putting your hands on me. <laughs> unless you win the lighter match at Revolution. I love how he said, "When you win me the title." When you win me the the briefcase to win the when you, when you win the title, it's like the turn is coming. The turn is coming. I think the turn's going to be next week. That's going to get a hell of a pop. Because Wardlow is from Cleveland. And where is Beach Break? In Cleveland. In Ohio. In Ohio. And um, so MJF came out for the match. If you went to the bathroom because you had to pee, by the time you were done peeing, washing your hands and getting back on the couch, the match was over. The reversal by Punk into the GTS one, two, three. The match was about six, seven seconds, maybe it's around six to 10 seconds. Punk staring down MJF punk goes to the corner turnbuckle. MJF comes up from behind punk jumps down. Seems like he MJF tried to run away. Punk grabbed him, grabbed scarf. MJF ran off. The match is happening. I have a prediction. I don't know anything. I think that match is happening in Chicago on February 2nd. If you're having Punk go over, yeah. Because Punk keeps referring to, you don't want to face me at this place. This is the place you don't want to face me. It's Chicago. It is February 2nd. The Trust Arena. And, and I'm so mad because I was going to go to this dynamite because I kind of was starting to, I put one and one together last week when punk brought this up, but my wife has to work and I have to watch my children. Darn. (laughs) Very sad. Very mad. That's why you don't have children. No, I'm kidding. 
I am kidding. I love those two idiots more than anything in this entire world. I'm skipping wrestling for my children. That's, I don't know if that's being kind or, and I'm kidding everybody. I do. My kids Grand, are grandparents. What? Who said that? Oh my God. The grandparents watching them enough. Both sets <laughs> of grandparents. My goodness. I feel bad for them. This crazy schedule and life we live, but no, I'm, I will watch it from home. I will watch it proudly from home, and I, but I am excited because that match is going to happen. I think it's going to happen in two weeks. Because I don't think you can extend this to Revolution. No, it's not till March sixth. And you already had no, March seventh. I take that back. Yeah, and you already had him go through Spears March and Wardlow, and the tag match with FTR. So it's like there's yeah. nobody else. So I'm thinking it's going to be Sunday, March sixth. You can't go another like five weeks. No. Who goes over? I go with Punk. I go with MJF. And this is the reason I go with Punk. Because then Punk beats Page for the title. MJF beats Punk for the belt. It's a bigger story. Even though Page is rocking right now. He's He's finally this. And we'll get into Page in a minute. But I would go from Page to Punk and then Punk to MJF. There's no wrong answer there. That's a good thing because that's a good way to go about it. I was thinking more MJF goes over and he goes with Paige. It could happen. Like, I don't know their direction beyond the first four champions. They, That's the one thing Tony does is keeping close to the best. But now you can go any which way because now you can go – I like the fact they build for the future, but I also think in turn, you got to build for money. Like, like I, they're either going page and Archer for revolution or they're going to go page and Cole. I don't know what direction they're going to go, but they got a couple different directions. They can go and we'll get into Lance Archer and we'll get into page in a minute. Then Cody comes out. They go to commercial. Cody comes back. He's do the picture and picture. There's a ladder in the ring. Cody just cuts. My favorite promo so far of Cody Rhodes in AEW. He cut a hell of a promo. Bashing WWE. I don't want to say bashing. I think bashing is the wrong word. Slight jab. Do a lot of jabs. Yeah. We'll put it that way. A lot of jabs towards WWE. Really put over Miro, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, put over Punk, the Bucks, putting all these people over. He really was. And I loved the promo and made fun of Walter. The fact you're changing Walter's name is like, I don't understand. To the why name can't you just, choosing. why can't you just leave well alone? Because I got he is Walter. Everything. He is fucking Walter. I'm asking that next week and where we're gonna be. I don't want to blow it yet, but I'm mad. <laughs> this Walter thing got me very upset last night. I was not happy at all. I was like sense. cussing at the TV, and my wife didn't get it. Lynn's like, "What are you so mad about?" So I had to explain it to her. And then she finally understood. She's like, that's stupid. I'm like, yeah. 
it comes from someone who doesn't watch like she'll just look up every like maybe 25 minutes to watch for like two but made fun of gunther that was Gun- what, what was the name gunther mcgillicuddy gunner mcgillicuddy Gunner McGill- McGillicuddy. <laughs> the crowd got it right away, too. The, cr- the, the crowd wasn't stupid. That was a shout good. Out, shout out to <laughs> Michael McGillicuddy. <laughs> and Gunner. And was Gunther. Gunther. We're not going around here changing names. Talked about Brody King, put over Malachi Black. Um, and then said he wanted, then he challenged Sammy. I, Challenge Sammy Guevara, they're going to have a ladder match. They have an undisputed TNT champion. I liked when he climbed the ladder. He goes, Tony, Tony Khan sent the contract to me and Sammy. Mine wasn't what I was exactly looking for. Just a little, a little jab. Just to mm-hmm. kind of keep, keep, get the crowd, get the people more upset than they probably already are. And then... The ladder match is happening, and we're going to have an undisputed TNT champion coming up at Beach Break next week. They'll be the main event of the show. A great promo from Cody. I loved how the crowd hated him coming out. By the time that promo was done, Cody Rhodes hit the crowd in the palm of his hand. Talked about how he was the one who broke through the forbidden door. He created all these opportunities. It's not wrong. No. He's got a, he's got very valid points. I don't think he was wrong at all. Um, I gotta say, Dy best promo I've seen in a very very long time from Cody. Agreed. It was entertaining. When you have me writing down the jabs that you constantly throw out, it's because there, it was very entertaining. Hip well, Toss well, Academy was the other one. Now I don't know that one. They throwing jabs at NXT. Um, basically, Adam Cole trying to Adam Cole and Young Bucks trying to ignite the Wednesday Night Wars again. Oh, okay. With Hip Toss Academy, aka NXT, uh, with a dev- developmental area throwing shit at the 2.0, whatever, and stuff. It's it's it was a, a pretty good promo, like an amazing promo, the best one that he's had. My concern with Cody's character, and if this is something that is permanent to his character in AEW, then so be it. I don't have an issue with it. It's more playing devil's advocate here. Do you think he focuses too much on the WWE during his promos? It's an interesting question. There's There's times I think he does, but I do. And this is the thing I like about AEW is the fact that they don't care. They'll it, To me, I don't get this big, like, got to puff out the chest. But, oh, you shouldn't acknowledge the competition. Two shouldn't acknowledge one. One shouldn't acknowledge two. Who, who cares? Who cares? Okay. I don't. I, really I don't, don't either. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. It's never really bothered. I don't get all like my panties in a bunch because Cody wants to mention WWE or Vince wants to talk about self-mutilation with women. That's just being tone deaf more than anything. 
And then you talk about basically self-mutilation on Raw on Monday with Austin Theory. Good Lord. That's the pot calling the kettle black, if I ever heard it. <laughs> but who I'm still, I'm still, I'm still just, I saw that segment. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on, but okay. <laughs> but no, a good promo. It was well done. And the little thing about the contract, I was getting some messages about it and being asked. Dave Mel. Sean Ross started a shitstorm, but he did his job. And I thought Sean did a great job in breaking the story. And I told him that. And he did it. He was factually right. Technically, he's a free agent. No. But then Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, there was more to it, which I kind of figured there was. Because I had asked WWE, and they were like, we haven't had one conversation with him. Because we knew he was going to be staying in AEW. So I'm like, so I really, I didn't think much of it. And then Dave said the same thing. He's like, he's doing shows. He's got two shows on TNT. Why would he go? He's got two TV shows under the Turner umbrella. Why would he go somewhere? So then I asked, and that's what I was told too. And I'm like, that makes sense. He just hadn't been at Dynamite to sign the contract. He's going to sign. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to be at the Royal Rumble. So for everyone getting all their getting all excited about Cody Rhodes being in the Royal Rumble or Stardust being in the Royal Rumble. What was his other gimmick? Didn't he have another gimmick? Uh, dashing, 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 Cody Cody, dashing Cody Rhodes. That's not happening. Cody <laughs> Rhodes is staying in AEW. He's Ooh, going to be an EV. Oh, my God. Don't even start. <laughs> He's going to be an EVP. Everyone can relax. Go celebrate Cody Rhodes still being in AEW. He's not going anywhere. He is in AEW to stay. Love the Royal Rumble chant, too, in the middle of his promo. (laughs) Royal Rumble. Because I get and I get it. He became a free agent. He hadn't signed a contract. And people, naturally, you. Do I think if WWE WWE called, would he listen? Sure. He burned no bridges. He left on good. He just. For the betterment of his well-being, he got out of there. Can I, I can never begrudge someone for their own mental health and their own well-being no. getting out of a bad situation. Great. It happens. It's part of life. It's business. It's what this is at the end of the day. It is a business. You have to look out for yourself before you're looking out for someone else. And he was looking out for him, and he was looking out for his wife. I you can't begrudge someone that does that. You really can't. But he's not going. So everyone can. I bet I don't know this, but I've asked if the contract is now signed, and I've not gotten a response yet. Tony Khan doesn't like talking contractors. People in AEW don't like talking contractors in general. It's a very hard, very hard company to crack on that one. But I get it though. I get it. We had the debut. Brody King, him and Malachi Black just tore poor Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison shreds. I do like how I like the spot where Pillman was reluctant to go on to do his thing to jump off the top springboard to the rope and do his clothesline. Reluctant because of what happened when he faced Malachi Black a few weeks ago when he slipped and fell and Still got his head knocked off. So I like that little that little nuance. I think that's a good little story they're playing there. And 
I love Brody King to begin with. So I think him and black is awesome. They're the PWG tag champs. So they have good, good, enter, good. They sync together very well. And they beat the living shit out of those poor two guys. My God. And it's to mention back to the Brian Pillman thing, the hesitation. It's the little things, man. Exactly. The little things in storytelling that make the angle great. And Brody King. I don't think I've I've seen a big man move as fast as he does in a while since Strowman maybe or Adam Sure sorry Adam Sure who's Braun Strowman I don't know some dude <laughs> Adam Sure is the man now dude is how can one be that tall and that jacked Good lord some good amount of workout I'll tell you that dude's insane but bro back to bro, go back to Brody King that's who we're talking about. I do, you know me, I go in off in tangents. I somehow ah, end up everywhere. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brody, but yeah, <laughs> Brody King, man. This, that pairing, that I'm excited for. I'm excited for the tag matches that they're going to have, especially with Jurassic Express. I'm, I'm interested to see how they mesh in the ring. Um, And I'm also interested, that tag division right now in AEW, the Young Bucks just fit, they took a step back. Now you see Jurassic Express. You see um, Silver and I'm blanking. Reynolds. And Reynolds. Silver and Reynolds getting an opportunity. You see these guys getting opportunity after opportunity. Giving the Bucks, giving the Lucha Bros, you know. Well, Lucha Bros, obviously, because of uh, Phoenix's injury. But now they're taking a step back showing, hey, we got more tag teams. This is the best tag division in in the world. And they're rightfully showing the return of um, Trent Beretta and Rocky, Rocky Romero, Romero Pongi Vice. Vice coming back to renew the rivalry from New Japan against the Bucks on Friday. That was, you know, it was cool when they announced that they aired New Japan footage. That is fantastic. I got goose. I had goosebumps. Like I got goosebumps right now. That was fuck. That was great. I'm going to go that, watch that, that match after this. No, but that was. But that was um, kind of leading to where I was going to go into. We saw Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta saying they're reuniting Rapungi Vice and talked about the rivalry they had with the Young Bucks back in New Japan. And it is happening on Rampage, the Young Bucks against Rapungi Vice. I love the fact they showed footage. That was, that was well done. So you yeah. know there's some allegiance of sorts, loose allegiance with New yeah. Japan and AEW, and it helps the product at the at the end of the day with the like the footage from New Japan because people that don't know who Rapongi Vice is, you get the footage on there, and you get like you get benefits out of both companies. New Japan is going to be like, oh hey, well if you want to see Rapongi yeah. Vice at their prime, come check it out New Japan World, then come back. They're going to be on Access TV, another Access. the Forbidden Door. But the forbidden door is Tony Khan. Let's get real here. It's not yep. Cody. It's not New Japan or AEW. It is one and only Tony Khan. Agreed. <laughs> but no, they announced that. They announced, um, what else they announced for? Hook versus Serpentico. Oh, Aaron, a, little, a little hook vignette. Aaron, that was wonderful. The crowd lost her shit. When they saw Hook, good ovation for Hook. 
Then they announced Jade Cargill. And oh my God, in the bunny for the TBS title. That's a good little, good little back and forth. That Mark Sterling, he's a slimy son of a bitch, but I like him. I want Mark Sterling on my team. Good manager. And I like the name that she has for uh, TBS title. What was it? I missed that promo. I'm not going to lie to you. That bitch show. I think that's it. Something with bitch. I think it's something that bitch show. Because she calls herself that bitch. Because she is. She is that that bitch. bitch. She's got to get better in the ring. Her presence alone makes makes up for it, my man. Gotta get better in the ring. I I agree. She's getting a break right now. The fans are being gentle. Yes. Because she's new and she has a presence. But she has to get better in the ring. She would be one. And I was having this conversation with, and I'll announce who this person is at the end of the podcast. Because he'll be on for Friday. But the one thing I want to see from her and talking to someone in AEW about this was talent like her needs to be going out on the indies and getting more work. Continue working. She's very, 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 very green. And working on the indies, I think, would not be the worst thing for her and getting more experience. Especially only wrestling one, two, three times, maybe twice a week, maybe three, depending on who you are. But at most, you're wrestling twice a week. More often than not, you need to get that work in, especially with the, the younger talent. Like I'm not saying like the Punks and the Danielsons and guys, Jericho's need to be wrestling that often a week. But people on that Jade Cargill type of level, I think, need to be in the ring more than they are. Agreed. Especially because, like I mentioned before, her presence is great. Oh, absolutely. She makes an entrance. She has she has the look and she has the she has this the aura the mystique to yep. her character she just needs the, the in-ring work she gets that she's in complete package and the show closed with the acclaimed against darby allen and sting the acclaimed took out darby early put a chair around his neck rammed it into that corner post darby was out for a while it's the acclaimed against sting they were beating on him on the outside darby allen like i don't know if he flew in from the crowd but that was a cool spot with steel steps. That was how that guy is not on the injured reserve more boggles my mind, but good on him. He needs to seriously. Your life cannot, he cannot last much longer doing stuff like that, but that's for here nor there. The baby faces made the big comeback coffin drop from Darby Yellen wins the match. And before that sting does a running splash off the stage and splashes Max Caster through a table. What the fuck is Sting doing? Because I I was there for that. I was there for that shit right there. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Not going to lie. No, and Sting, here's the thing. DDP mentioned that Chris Jericho is the most over guy in wrestling right now. I disagree. <laughs> I think it's Sting, and I think it's Darby Allen. They get a pop no matter where they are. No matter what city, what town, as long as the music hits, instant pop. And then you got Sting at what he is now, 62. 62 years old, diving off the stage onto a table, still looking like he's 45. He got some air on those Stinger splashes time. Yeah. 
He got he's looking good. He right off the stage and did a splash through a table. And he made it. It wasn't a thing. He almost overshot the table. Think about that one. Shane McMahon can't even go from the top rope through the announcer's table. But you got a 62-year-old man running off the stage, diving through a table and almost overshot the table. It's unreal. Come on. It's unreal, especially from a guy that five years ago was told he was done. Was told he was done after just a buckle bomb, which is, I still think is one of the most dangerous things because oh, yeah. it depends on how you land. But it still one of my all-time favorite wrestlers sting. Anytime I see him, I pop, and that's personal. But it's oh. it's just 62 years old and he's still doing what he's doing. It's it's incredible to watch. Plus, the acclaimed also is another tag team to watch. That's a good dynamic. You mentioned Max Caster's promos. He's money doing. You combine that with Bowens. Bowens in, in ring work is solid. Yeah, he's really, really improved. He's he's a stud waiting to happen. Like if they play their cards right, they got another champion in their hands. AEW has so many aces up their sleeve. Like I look at this talent and I'm like, man, if you just tweak this, tweak that, like Jay Cargill's wrestling. Bowens is add a little more charisma, but that's what you got Max Caster for. Yeah. You got so much. Anthony Agogo is a guy that we haven't seen in a while. You get him going. He's been on dark. He's been on dark, but I feel like if you, he needs a little more presence. He needs a little, I don't think that rivalry with Cody helped him as much no, as no. he wanted to. No, he had to get that push scaled back, and he did. He's going to be back on it. He's yeah. got a lot of potential. I really like Anthony Agogo, but that was that was dynamite. It wasn't. No, we did forget a segment. Adam Page and Lance Archer looks to be a program. Archer beat the bejesus out of Kazarian. He squashed him like a bug. He was about to put him on a choke slam through the tape through the chair on the outside. Here came the world heavyweight champion. Gotten a stare down with Lance Archer. They were going back and forth. Got into the ring, more back and forth. Uh, I like the spot where Paige tried the buckshot. Archer blocked it, tried for a choke slam. Paige got to the outside. Then Archer got to the outside with Dan Lambert, and Lambert walked him away. And I'm in. Hangman Paige, Lance Archer, sometime soon, I would think, next few weeks. I don't think no. they get to Revolution. Maybe they do. Maybe beach break. No, they would have announced that already. They would have announced it. I would say within the next. It's maybe the Feb. I'm thinking February 16th, I think is a Wednesday. Yeah, February 16th. Maybe that edition. We'll see where they go. Maybe you can get it, stretch it to the pay-per-view. No, but we shall see. I wouldn't mind it. I think it. The crowd's behind Paige. That crowd was hot for the for the champ tonight. So that was good to see. The crowd's behind Archer. They buy Archer as a viable threat. Got yourself a nice, good program there. So I definitely like seeing it, like seeing Archer get a win. But I thought a very solid addition at Dynamite. Good stuff at Mox. Progression of the World Title Program. 
Sammy and Cody getting built up. You had the stuff with Cole and Cassidy, the stuff with Punk and MJF. So a lot of things in the kitchen with AEW. So I thought a good addition of Dynamite. Agreed. Uh, if I had to say a negative, because I, I always have to, I don't want to sound like an AEW home home guy. Who gives type a of thing. fuck what those people think, man? I don't. I do, because I got to keep them in check, too. I don't give a fuck. Like I told you earlier, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, but a couple of things that, like, AEW's obviously a sol- another solid show. They have a lot going on for them. Just a couple things that bothered me. Dan Lambert and, and Lance Archer. I don't think they yeah, mesh well. Of, it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, I agree. Just mainly Lambert's promo, just going back to, like, I was drinking water out of a hose in the backyard. Like, so did I. What? Are, what's your point? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, I actually thought that was funny. That was, I, that get, one, I, get, I get where you're going. Yeah, it, it was kind of like a weird promo. And then, like, they're not meshing well. And then a backstage segment, Layla Hirsch. Yeah, that's why we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it was very scripted and very like Statlander and it didn't uh, make sense. Red Velvet. Like like Statlander, like as soon as she popped Red Velvet, Statlander like immediately turned her back to her and then she gets popped and I'm like come on. Yeah, guys. that was pretty that, that was sloppy. But other than that, awesome show. Overall, A minus on the show. See, you're talking about stuff no one cares about. No one cares about Layla Hirsch. See, I'm a little Dan Lambert and little things. Lance Archer, sure. I talk, get what you're saying. We talk about the little things on the positive side. I got to talk about the little things on the negative side. Now I have a question. Yes. Will who wins in the ratings? Who wins in the 18 to 49? Because that is the demo. Between Raw and Dynamite, or yeah, I'm gonna look at Raw's right now. I think their numbers should have been out. I'm going to say just on the key demo, I say AEW. I say Dynamite. Raw demo was up. Wow. Okay. Hey, that Lashley Lesser program is drawing ratings, man. Monday's Raw averaged 1.61 million viewers and drew a 0.43 rating in 18 to 49. The show was down 1% in viewers, but up 10% in 18 to 49. And that was with the huge Rams Cardinals NFL playoff game did 23.02 million viewers and drew a 5.92 in the 18 to 49. That included the rock being on with the Manning brothers on the simulcast. I will say this 5.92 in that 18 to 49 demo. Holy shit. But does AEW beat a 0.43? I'm going to initially say yes. Just because there was a lot going on today. And it was previously. Return to Mox. Yeah. I'm going to say it's going to be a tie. Really? Probably not the answer people were expecting me to say, but okay. going with a tie. Like we saw last week. Last week was a tie. I think this week is going to be a tie. Okay. I can see I'm it. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I can't we'll find see out tomorrow. with Moxley returning. I can't see them losing. We will find out at 4 PM Eastern, 3 PM central here for you. Y'all folks in Chicago, but let's go real quickly. Ali 
Mustafa Ali requested his release from WWE. This did not come to a surprise to many talent I talked to and people in WWE. The icing on the cake from what Fightful Select reported and I've confirmed was an incident he had with Vince McMahon. Vince pitched a promo, pitched a program idea for a new character that many said they Vince knew Ali would turn down. He did got into a heated confrontation and Ali hasn't been seen since. Then he requested his release earlier in the week on Twitter and did over a million views on social media. I know million views on Twitter. I don't know what it did on Instagram. But I know at least via Twitter, it was over 1.1 million views when I looked late Monday. So big move, not a surprise. As of right now, it has not been granted. I did ask today. I was told as of right now, no. So we shall see. But good for him. He's a guy that I know pitches his own stuff. He, WWE trusts him enough to where... They let him edit his promos and do his promos, video promos. He's got to get approval. Like, but there's never there's never been an issue from what I've been told. But I'm not surprised. I hope he it gets granted. Because if you're not happy at your employer, you should be able to quit. Should be, or if you're an athlete, you request to be traded. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. You know, like. If it, I'm like one day, I don't want to be here anymore at the zone. I can go. I do have a non-compete. I don't know how long. Actually, I think it's like 60 days. But if you're not happy, not happy. You know, and he's obviously not happy. He's an independent contractor. And this is sort of this whole independent contractor. Should be able to leave your job. If you're an independent contractor, you're not happy, you should just be able to go. So I think they're going to have no choice here. People know he wants to go. But I credit him for doing it. I credit any talent that want, that makes it known. I'm unhappy. I want to go. I don't care if it's in MMA. I don't care if it's in boxing. I don't care if it's in wrestling. I respect anyone that does that. Big kudos to Mustafa Ali. He's too damn good to be there. He's stifled. He wants to be creative. He's a creative guy. He should be allowed to hone his craft somewhere where he is going to be appreciated. 100% agree. Especially you've seen the talent. You've seen the, the fans get behind this guy. Not only that, he's always he's always tried to pitch stuff you know, for himself, he's a creative guy and everything like that. But you can also tell that he's he's a very passionate guy when it comes to what he believes in. Sometimes in the WWE, that doesn't always come to fruition and that doesn't agree with the big guy sitting in the big chair. It's a thing. He has a bigger message per his video. Exactly. It has to be very important. And I hope, like you said, that he does get his release. Because I'm very interested to see what that message is. And I'm very interested to see what he can do 
anywhere else in a different company, whether it's wrestling, whether it's something else, whatever he's he wants to do. I'm interested to see the next chapter, but definitely hoping he gets what he wants. He loves wrestling. No, he really, really does. He's one of those guys that very, very passionate about the business from people I know that know him have told me that's been the consensus regarding him. And I just don't know what, you know what I can see them doing this because it's, it's them. I'm going to ask, find out a lot next week. You're, you're going to learn a lot, my friend. And um, I can see them putting him in the rumble just to toss him out in like 10 seconds. I could honestly see that. It wouldn't surprise me. And then granting him his release. Because their way of thinking is, oh, let's just, well, yeah, we'll we'll do it for you. But we're going to make you look stupid on the way out. That's their mentality. They want unhappy campers, which doesn't make a whole bunch of sense, but. I'm not the guy worth like a couple billion dollars and 76 years old and very, very outdated and jaded views on how entertainment should be. But well, let's end end with this UFC 270 taking place on Saturday from the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. You can catch it on ESPN Plus pay-per-view for a robust price of $74.99. Good Lord. Thank God I get it for free. Good Lord. <laughs> there is no way. Even though Dana White claims he's not happy with this. I don't buy that for two seconds. Seventy. He's not happy with the price? He's not happy. No, he did not want the price hike. He didn't want the one that ESPN because ESPN and and this he is right on this because and I even asked. ESPN sets the prices for the papers because ESPN controls the papers, so they set the price point. Why they keep bumping up that price point, I don't know. But there is going to become a time where you're going to start seeing the law of diminishing returns. The UFC is hot right now. Hot. There's. They're, even their lowest end pay-per-views are still doing 250,000 buys. And that's, that's pretty good in this day of age. And that's a testament to them. Only doing it via a streaming service. Which shows, even though people want to bitch about Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter, that was more of A, Terrence Crawford not wanting to sell the fight. And the fact that Top Rank just didn't promote that fight hard enough. The only one that was willing to put, sell that fight enough was Sean Porter. Before just and Sean's told me that, and I'll say it. And Sean's made that abundantly clear. Yep. But the UFC has shown it works. But that's a whole different situation for a totally different time. But seventy four ninety five. In this economy, man. It's a hard. It's a. It's, it's a, a hard kick, sell. It's a kick to the nuts. It's a hard it really sell. Is. You can only charge that if you 
and this is what I said to people in the UFC. You need to have every pay-per-view, every main event has got to be worth that money. Who cares about the undercard? I'm sorry. People aren't buying the pay-per-view for undercards. They're buying it for the title fights. They're buying it for the main event. Title fights, main events. Unless you have that anomaly of like Nate Diaz fighting third from the top or Nick Diaz fighting third from the top. Those guys are special. Those guys are marquee attractions. People will buy, people buy pay-per-views for Nick and Nate. They do. We'll be honest. But you got to have a fight of heavy significance, whether it's non-title or you have to have a big time title fight as your headline. You, You can't, you have to. It's got to be marquee. Give yeah. me the reason to spend the money. And the UFC's got that for their first three pay-per-views of the year because the main event is awesome. The co-main event, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo, three for the UFC flyweight title. And then the main event, the, to me, the Mike Tyson of the UFC, the great Francis Naganu, the heavyweight champion of the world, the baddest man on the planet, meets the guy with the fake belt. The interim champion. No offense to Serial Gone. He is the paper champion. He's not the email champion like some people say about the great Devin Haney. But he is the paper champion. The interim champion. The fake champion. Serial Gone. Let's get to Mar- We'll do Moreno Figueredo really quickly. First fight. Awesome. UFC 256. Went to his... Oh, no, I forget which UFC it was now. UFC 255 went no. to a split draw, went to a majority draw. Figueredo lost a point in the third round, led to a led to the majority draw. People had it either way. Some pe- I know some people had it for Moreno. Some people had it for Figueredo. Figueredo. They rematched at UFC 263 back in June, and Brandon Moreno dominated from start to finish. Submitted Figueredo in the third round to become the UFC flyweight champion in one of the greatest reactions I'd seen ever in a in a UFC fight to a championship win. That just that atmosphere in Arizona was electric. Moreno was their guy, and Moreno came through, won the gold in one a hell of a moment. Made Moreno a star because that pay-per-view did like 700,000 buys with Israel Adesanya on top. So very well done. I'm looking forward to this fight. Then you've got now the factor of Henry Cejudo working with Figueredo, former par- training partner of Brandon Moreno. Moreno told me he's pissed. He was just a little bit disappointed in Henry Cejudo. You can catch that article on thezone.com forward slash news. You can catch that out for DAZN News. I wrote that fucking awesome feature today. <laughs> Make sure you read. Tell your kids. Tell your friends. Tell your mothers and fathers. Your aunts and, and uncles. You... Your grandmas and grandpas. Tell the neighbor. Tell the garbage man. Tell the mail lady. Read about Brandon Moreno. Why he's upset at Henry Cejudo. And I don't blame him. It's a good backstory. There's a lot to it. I... <sighs> I think some guys just have 
another person's. Some fighters just have the number of another fighter. Yeah. I'm not saying Moreno's great. I think Figueredo is good. But can he clean up the weight-cutting issues? Can he be disciplined? Can he not always just go for broke? Can Henry Cejudo teach him to be more methodical and pick when to go in and pick when to, when to throw a devastating leg kick, when to throw the power shots? Can Cejudo discipline him? I don't know. We know about Brandon Marino. He's gritty. He's tough as nails. He's on a seven-fight winning streak. He can flat-out fight. He's just an all-around good fighter. I think Figueredo can be an all-time great. I just don't think he has the discipline. Does Henry Cejudo make up that big of a factor? Or is it just more drama to build up a fight to drum up interest? I think it's more drama to build up the fight to wow. build up interest. And I'll, and I'll, and the reasoning is because of this. You mentioned it before, the weight cutting issues. Unless it, Cejudo is the one that is like, we're running, we're doing this, and he's there every day. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Because if he has weight cutting issues, he's going to come in like he did in the second fight. He's going to he come in. Sluggish. He looks sluggish the entire fight. He was looking for the power shots at all times because he didn't want to get more technical and waste more stamina than he had to. And Moreno's just going to adjust like he did in the second fight from the first fight and just dominate the entire thing again. I like Figueredo. I just hope that he gets the discipline in order to have a good competitive fight against Moreno because Moreno's a stud. The guy's going to hold. He has the stamina. He has the technique. He will wear you down the entire fight. Figueredo needs to figure out a way to fix those issues, the weight cutting, to get more gritty, to get more tech, like technical in the octagon, or else he's not going to stand a chance against Moreno again. I asked Moreno that. He didn't want to really buy into that. I'm Cejudo trying to create an issue says he's focused on Figueredo he's focused on no one else and I asked him if he would challenge Cejudo he goes I don't know he's like Cejudo's looking awfully fat right now he's not wrong so happens when you become a dad you start you start gaining weight pretty quick but they don't call a it fight. a dad bod for nothing no, no. <laughs> I had a conversation with Demetrius Ballard about that today and I'm like He's like, man, I had this dad bod. I didn't fight for 20 months. <laughs> I'm like, dude, a dad bod is fucking real, man. Trust me, it is real. That's why I say be very careful when you have kids, ladies and gentlemen. Be especially you. Be very careful. Try to uh, I already have a dad bod, dude. I, I don't I'm not even a dad yet. Oh, it's coming. It's kind it's gonna get worse. I promise. But no, <laughs> it, it's a fun fight, but I think it's a fight Moreno wins. I don't I don't see what Figueredo can do differently. Even if he's disciplined, like he's looking good. I saw there was a photo that came out with him last week and he was 11 pounds under all, he was 11 pounds away. And usually he's right around 20. So he's looking ripped. He's looking in great shape. It's just something about Moreno. Moreno's found a gear 
I think getting released when he got released from the UFC, I think was the best thing for him. And it made him become a man when he was still a boy, if that makes sense. And he kicked it up a notch. He's at another level. And now he is the world champion. He knows he doesn't want to be a one and done guy. He wants to be the champion for a long time. So I got Moreno winning. I think this fight's going to be great. The first two were back and forth slugfest. I don't think this is going to be any different, but we're still going to, we're going to hear and still UFC flyweight champion. You going with Moreno too? I'm going with Moreno. Let's get to the main event. The reason people will spend 74 and 95. Good Lord. Man. Maybe. A, man. I'm watching it for free. I might come over. <laughs> One of the great, there's many great perks. At working for a disowned. That is going to be, that is one. That is one. But I'm looking forward. Anyways, the main event Francis Naganu, Serial Gone, undisputed UFC heavyweight title on the line. We all know the backstory. Naganu knocked out Steve Miocic at UFC 260 in the rematch to win the heavyweight title. The UFC wanted him to fight in June. Now, Naganu was on a media tour. They're like, hey, do you want to fight in June? He's like, no. The UFC proposed August against Derek Lewis. He told him no. He's like, I just got back. I I need to take a little rest. And then how about September? A fight in September. UFC told him no one made the interim title fight between Gon and Derek Lewis at UFC 265. Gon beat Derek Lewis in the third round to win the interim title. But a lot of they used they were former training partners. Naganu left the gym in 2018. Naganu ghosted, <laughs> and this was when he ghosted Cyril Gan at UFC 268. Gan and his team are against the wall. They had just done some media. Naganu came in strutting his stuff. This walked right by Cyril Gan like he didn't even exist. Which only amplified things. The guy who felt like the UFC did that on purpose, being having the camera guy there when he did. The guy was like, I didn't even see him. I just was laser. And you can see the video. He was just laser focused, looking, wasn't looking anywhere. He was just looking where he needed to go to get in the vet, get into Madison Square Garden. That's all he was really worried about. So then you got the contract issue. He wants to box. A lot of talk with him and Tyson Fury. He was on the DAZN boxing show talking about that. Subscribe to DAZN.com. It's simple, guys. Subscribe. $19.99 a month. $100 for the year. Think about this. You can pay $74.95 for you for Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios. But for only another $25 more. You could see Canelo Alvarez. Like, if you look at last year, you got to see Ryan Garcia. You got to see twice the great Canelo Alvarez. Anthony Joshua. Four big names right there. Tiafimo Lopez, George Cambosis, Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz. Get to see Devin Haney fight twice. These big names for 100 bucks for the year. Good Lord. And you're going to, you people are going to pay 
for Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios. What is wrong with you? I'm not. <laughs> what did I mean? So if I'm paying that, I'm not paying that. I know I'm not going to Las Vegas. <laughs> not a chance. I was sitting in my sweatpants and get ready for New York City. But he wants the box. This is the last fight under his contract. If he loses, he becomes a restricted free agent. He's He has an, an exclusive negotiating window with the UFC. If he wins, the champion's clause gets invoked. It's either three fights or one year, whichever comes later. He's made it clear. He said to ESPN, I'm not fighting no more for five, five and $600,000 as a, as a minimum. I'm doing this because it's personal. After this, I'll sit out until we agree. Either we agree to a new deal or I go somewhere else. It's a game of chicken between the UFC and the team of Francis Ngannou. His manager is part of the famed CAA organization. And if people know a little bit, CAA and Endeavor, which owns the UFC, are rivals in the agency business. So in the media business, so a lot to unpack there. A lot of the fight is interesting for what's going on outside the ring. I think, and that's getting more play than the actual fight, which is, which is not surprising, I think, but no one cares about besides us cares about the outside drama, but does it weigh at all on Francis Nagano? Nagano says he's locked in. But is he really locked in? Because you're fighting with your employer. You got this hanging over your head. A devastating win. Knockout win. You're in the driver's seat. Because John Jones is looming. You can box Tyson Fury. I know Top Rank likes the idea. I know ESPN likes the idea. Uncle Dana is not always the most common sense guy. To me, Dana White's too old school in that way to where he's like Vince McMahon and his failure to adapt yep. and stubbornness. I think it's cost him in a lot of ways, but he also knows where the fuck are you going to go? Are you going to go to Bellator? Are you going to go to PFL? you going to go to one championship? That's not a knock on any of those promotions, but the UFC is the major leagues. And those other promotions are in the minor leagues and the independent leagues per se. Does any of this you think affect Francis Nagano? Do you think it, it will affect his performance or do you think he's zeroed in focused on Cyril gone? Cause he knows a win. He can reap a lot of rewards here. Honestly, I think it's it affects him, but it affects him in a positive way. Nagano is a different beast, and when I mean a beast, you give him motivation, and you like you know how you they the saying is don't anger the beast or it'll come get you and bite you in the ass. Yeah, yeah, Nagano is that beast. I agree, and I think he's going to use this extra motivation. He's going to go in there, and he's going to do what he has to do in order to win that fight. That being said, though. Zero gone. It's a piece, man. Yeah. Zero gone 
is not a pushover either, though. No, he is no pushover. He proved that with there with against Lewis. I re-saw that fight before we started this because I needed to see if everything everybody was saying was right. And that man can go for 25 minutes easily. He has the stamina. He has the technique. He has the background. Kickboxer, wrestler. He can go. This match, this fight is a lot closer than pe- what people make it out to be. But if Nagano's head is right, he uses that extra motivation, he wins, in my opinion. But it's not, Ghana is not that far off. And that's the thing. That's not the thing I think people aren't understanding either is Don's 10 and 0. He's 7 and 0 in the UFC. Four wins in the four of those wins in the UFC have come inside the distance. But you also got to look at it. on the other hand, Francis uh, Francis Ngannou's won every UFC fight via knockout, via stoppage. 10 knockouts, one submission. But like you said about Gan, you must have been reading my uh odds preview piece. I did. That was one of the articles I did. Hey, I did my research, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because he is a very, he's a very good striker. He's cerebral in his strikes. He doesn't go and blow the load. He mixes it up. He'll, He'll kick. He'll strike. He can take you down if he needs to take you down. He's got two submissions. So it's like he can't get the fight to the ground. And he can work his way from there. Look at the Rosenstrike fight. That's what he did. He got the fight to the ground. Yeah, he didn't get what he was looking for, but he showed that he can do it. And I'm shocked Gon's the favorite. Minus 150, which that's according to Bet M. That's from my guys at Bet MGM. And that's, I think that's a surprise. Yeah. Just considering you look at the guy who's beaten five former world champions. Gan's face, no one, no one, the caliber of Francis Naganu. And that's not a knock on Derek Lewis. That's not a knock on Rosenstrike, but you're looking at who Naganu is running through. He ran through Miocic in the rematch. He ran through Kane Velasquez. He ran through Junior Dos Santos. He ran through Andre Orlovsky. He nearly sent Alistair Overeem's head to Canada when they, I just always remember being like, 10 feet away at UFC 217 in Detroit when he landed the most violent uppercut I had ever seen in my entire life. Also one that split his lip open, right? Yeah. I'm shocked Overeem's head didn't come off his shoulders. Because Overeem went in the air when that happened. That's a 265-pound man. You just don't do that. He is like you call him a beast. He is a beast. But look at how much Naganu improved. And like you said, he made the improvements from that first Miocic fight to what we saw in March. No. He worked on his takedown defense. He stuffed every takedown Miocic tried. That's a testament to Naganu knowing he needed the he needed the work. Went that went to Extreme Couture out in Las Vegas. He worked with those guys. They worked on takedown defense. So that he doesn't get put in that situation he did at UFC 220. Gon's going to have to mix up his striking, go for the takedown. Because we don't know about Naganu's cardio. We don't. We don't know. 
we know what happened at UFC 220. He got worn down. And by the time that fifth got to the fifth round, Nagano can barely stand. I just, I can't, I'm going with Nagano. I'm going with Nagano by knockout. Yep. I think he's just too improved. I haven't seen enough of Cyril gone in big time situations. It's hard to go against Nagano. Yes, he's got the two most dangerous weapons in the UFC and perhaps in all of combat sports. But he's been in those big moments. Those big moments haven't bothered him in the slightest bit. I think he goes in there. He steamrolls Cyril Gone and he calls out Tyson Fury. I'm calling it right now. Oh, my God. That's money. Just print it right now. But at the same time, you I cream my it. pants. I would cream my pants. <laughs> it's a cream your pants moment. Yes, sir. Because that's money waiting to be made. And you you already mentioned it. Those are the key to the fight for each guy. Each of them is the complete opposite. Francis Nagano, if he wants to win, he has to finish it early. I'd say within three rounds. If yes. you give Cyril Gan to the fourth and fifth round, he's, he's just going to wear you down the entire shot. You analyze the last three fights, the three fights that he won last year. He spent the first two rounds just wearing body shot, leg kick, body shot. He wears down his opponents. If he does that to Naganu, and he's very good at leg kick back up, mm-hmm. stay away, keep your distance. Because that weapon, that punch that hits like a, what, what did Dana White say? Like a Ford Explorer or something like that? Full speed at 35 miles per hour? That anybody, you could tell me that you got the toughest chin in the game. That thing is putting you to sleep. It doesn't matter. That's what it's going to come down to. Can Gon keep the fight going for three plus rounds? If so, he has a good chance to win. Nagano is going to, he's going to need to knock him out early. Or else if he keeps the distance, I question the cardio. I question the stamina. Just because I don't, he's not used to it. Yeah. Like you said, every single fight that he's won is by knockout. We'll wait and see. But if he does win, and I do say he's going to win by knockout, I think he's going to catch him because Gon can only run for so long. He's going to catch him at one point in the first couple of rounds and he's going down. As soon as he calls out Tyson Fury, I might even think I think Tyson Fury might even make an appearance. I don't think Dano's gonna allow it, but he might be there. He might buy his ticket, show up, start the tour early. Why not? I don't know. Tyson Fury may already have his WBC heavyweight title fight with Dillian White in summer. It the purse pit is scheduled for Friday. Bob Aram's hoping a deal can be agreed upon. And I had a conversation. I said it on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, Bob is hoping it doesn't go to a purse bed. And Dan Rayfield, noted boxing journalist, he goes, well, Bob's going to get money either way. And I'm like, yeah, but he's not going to get as much as he's going to get if he did. It was something along that line, and I'm like, Bob's not going to – Bob's going to want that fight for as cheap as possible. Of course he wants to make a deal before the purse bed. Because if it goes with a purse pit, I'm telling you right now, I'll tell the world, and the world isn't, you got, the combat sports fans aren't stupid. 
Eddie Hearn will win that bid. Matchroom will win that bid. You can take that to the fucking bank. Because there is no way. We all know Bob Arum's reputation. You think Bob Arum's going to bid $30 million for Tyson Fury and Dillian White? That's a big fight in the UK. And Bob said today, oh, it's a big, big fight in the UK. You're going to have to pay big boy money, Bob. And I have no faith in Bob Arum nor Frank Warren. If their reputations were better in terms of fighter pay, sure. I'm not saying... I'm pro, are you pro fighter pay or do you more you kind of or do you look at like how each situation is you take each situation differently because I'm pro fighter getting paid 150% the guy getting smacked in the face for for the money that's the guy that should be getting paid so yes I'm okay. pro fighter pay okay. I've always been pro fighter because he's who's putting in the work I get you got to advertise the guy but who's putting in the work who's getting punch in the face repeatedly and trying to get gutsy performances, taking punch hit after hit after hit. I'm paying that guy. I'm not paying the money for on the paper to pay some like Bob Arum. No. And that's the thing that and Dan did not respond by the way. And I like that. Me and Dan are friends. Mm-hmm. Dan knew Dan knew I was right on that. He didn't <laughs> even bother to rebuttal because we know and I've said it to Bob's face. I mean, you're not going to spend the money. You're not going to spend it. Nope. You're a prerogative. You're a prerogative. But, but, you see Tyson, and I'm not saying it's because the zone signs my paychecks. I just know how bad Eddie Hearn wants Dillian White to get paid. And Eddie knows he can make a ton of money on that fight. He's got balls the size of grapefruits. He is the boxing version of Vince McMahon. He's the, and I don't give a fuck. I will piss off everybody. So if the purse bid happens on Friday, all I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, do not expect top rank in Frank Warren's Queensbury promotions to win the bid. Nope. I'm not. It's a big fight. Dillian White deserves to get the money he deserves. If someone's got to bid 40, 45 million dollars, so freaking be it because you're going to make the money back. It's a huge fight in the UK, be in a stadium. Everyone's going to get paid. Everyone's going to make money. And I would get a trip to England. Think about that. That'd be cool. Go to the UK, drink some pints. That ain't bad. Oh. Getting ahead of myself, though. We, we got to see what happens when you get the Friday. But this was good to reconnect. This will be happening week at very minimum once a week. Yes. Very At minimum once a week. But a lot of big stuff coming up. I will reveal it now coming up for Thursday. Actually, it'll be later on Thursday because this podcast will be up first thing in the morning. But the owner of GCW Game Changer Wrestling Brett Lauderdale had a beautiful conversation with Brett, even though he was 25 minutes late. Brett gave me a lot of time. We talked about GCW, the world on GCW on pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. Like as Daryl said earlier from the sold out Hammerstein ballroom in New York city, 
live on traditional pay-per-view via cable and satellite. And also it can be streamed on Fight TV. We talk about the pay-per-view. We talk about how he even became the head of GCW. We talk Nick Gage. We shit on Matt Cardona. That was kind of, and I like Matt, but it was, that was pretty fun. And the whole controversy with John Moxley, we talk about that and them, the decision made behind what went behind the decision to announce John Moxley before he had even made his return to AEW. And then near the end of the interview, there was a run in for our Friday guest, the bad boy himself, the one and only Joey Janela. Joey Janela was a fascinating character. Not a character, fascinating fella. No. We talked everything. We talked about protein shakes. We talked about him realizing when he needed a kick in the pants to get himself to where he now says he's in the best shape of his life. We talk about Toyotas. It's interesting. We talk about leaving money in drawers. Oh, we do get to the big match he is having on Sunday. The beautiful feud he is having right now with Matt Cardona. That feud is fantastic. We talk about the two telling a story via digital and not via your traditional TV show, wrestling TV show. So we talk about the whole concept of that, which I found so fascinating the origin, the idea of where the feud started with in both of their minds, giving credit to Matt Cardona, where he feels Cody Rhodes is going to go. We talk about that. We talk about if Joey's going to break through the forbidden door. Will he appear at the Royal Rumble? Talk about that. We talk about his contract with AEW when that is up and a whole lot more. We talked about a lot. Joey gave me we didn't set a time limit. We just kind of went and we went about 40 minutes. So it was a shit. great, it was a great chat. We could have talked for another, at least 25, 30. We just talked about GCW when he felt GCW made it when he felt he made it in wrestling. So many interesting stories that there was a lot of layers. I realized to Joey Janela, and that was, that was a ton of fun. That was the best interview I've done in a while to where you can take the time and you can sit and you can just sit there and have just like a legit conversation where it's not 10, 15 minutes. You can go 30, 35, like John Moxley, I think was my last really, I felt great interview going in depth and learning about the person. And just listening. That, and I just I found that interview with Janela. Just I can't wait for you guys to listen to that on Friday. Next week, there's already a lineup. He is the leader of the HFO Big Money Matt Matt Hardy. He is confirmed. The interview is happening on Thursday. The interview will air next week, and I have no idea. I'm I'm gonna be a kid in a candy so i've always <laughs> to me it's about talking to new people i've never talked to matt hardy so this will be okay. it'll be fun maybe brother nero will make an appearance i don't know we'll talk about the hardy boys reunion 
coming up in March for big time wrestling. We'll talk to Matt about that. His podcast. If you listened to the Matt Hardy podcast, I have not. No, I have not either. It's part of the podcast heat radio network. So I'm going to, I'm going to dabble in the first episode he did with Jeff. I'm going to take a gander tonight and tomorrow. We'll talk to Matt Hardy next week. He'll be on the podcast and also do drop. Yes. The great do drop. She challenges the man, Becky Lynch coming up next Saturday at the Royal rumble at the dome at America center in St. Louis, Missouri. There's something about the Royal Rumble. Man. Oh, yeah. We're going to fucking be there. Daryl Rivera. Thanks to the great people of the WWE, we will be at the Royal Rumble. We're going to bake some bread. We're going to talk some shop. We're going to talk to some talent. We're going to bust out. We're going to bust out some interviews, DY. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm ready. I don't know how we're going to do it. I'm giddy. It may be audio, <laughs> just all audio. Yep. We may include, we may do video. We may do both. I haven't really fully decided that yet, but I booked my airfare tonight. I booked, I booked it. The, booked it yesterday. I booked it during dinner. Nice. I booked it during dinner. I still have, I, I I hit all these points. I just used my points. Paid like points guy. Oh, dude. It's the only good thing. One of the good perks about traveling, you get to keep your points. (laughs) So I used, I think I paid 11 bucks. You got to pay tax. You got to pay the tax and fees. It's like 550 each way. I'm like, that's kind of, why doesn't it cover taxes? It doesn't make sense. No, I was kind of perturbed by that, but it's eleven bucks. If I can't afford eleven dollars, I don't. I shouldn't be going to the Royal Rumble. I shouldn't <laughs> live in this palatial palace, thirty miles south of Chicago. But we will be the the walkway to Fight Club will be at the Royal Rumble. Will be at Media Day. All I know is we'll be Raw superstars. So I don't know. But I know we'll be in St. Louis, Missouri. We'll be at Media Day. I think we'll bust out a podcast. A podcast. We'll be at the Rumble. I'll be live blogging. I'll be enjoying myself. It's gonna be a good time. I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Royal Rumble. We'll talk more about that next week. It's our first Don't live f- outing together, by the way. First, oh, and I'm excited. It's, yeah. a cre- it's, a, it's another cream of your pants moment. Yeah. And not the cream of your pants in suit in suit. No. Cream of your pants coming out of your pants. That makes sense, everybody. Ha ha ha. <laughs> trying to get that Bluetooth sponsorship. We're gonna I'm, I'm gonna get I, I gotta get a hold of the guy. But don't forget you can listen to the podcast. It's simple. We're on every podcast platform imaginable. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, iHeart, Odyssey, whatever podcast platform is out there the walkway to fight club is there oh we're on we're on stitcher now we're back on stitcher we're back on stitcher so we're not beefing with with stitcher no stitcher is we're no longer beefing with stitcher cool thank god they they saw the light 
they saw the greatness of this podcast and they looked at every cool guest that has been on. So they are very understanding and letting us on now. We also have a YouTube channel. Big in Germany. Come on. 158th wrestling podcast in Germany, my friends. YouTube.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. Twitter at walkway fight. Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash walkway to fight club. And also on Instagram, the walkway to fight club. What is your Twitter? Good, sir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at dyboricua21. That's B-O-R-I-C-U-A 21. Find me on Twitter and Instagram, smuehausenjr, S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-J-R. It is late. It is 11.35. I got two kids. I got to be up at 6.30. I cannot oversleep like I did two days ago when my wife was not home <laughs> because... I have a cranky five-year-old who doesn't like getting up in the morning to go to school, but who loves getting up when he doesn't need to on Saturday morning. So always makes sense. I say, think about it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, (laughs) but for D Y Dale Rivera, this is Steven Milhausen. We'll talk to you guys next time.